Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. John chapter 1 and verse 7, and it reads, This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. And I repeat, this man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. I want to leave in your hearing on today this topic that I believe that the Lord would have for us this morning, and that being, be a witness of the light. Be a witness of the light. I really love um, just this particular passage, as many passages, I guess I just, when I get into the word, I just get excited. I don't know about you, but I just get energy. I get life when I'm in the word, and I, I have hope when I'm in the word, and I have peace when I'm in the word, and This particular topic stands out to me because John um, is dealing with knowing his purpose to me in this particular passage of scripture. In other words, John came into the world for a purpose. And in John 1 and 7, it lets us know that he came for a witness But not only that, to bear witness of the light for the primary purpose that all through him might believe. That lets me know that John had an influence on his life. That when he entered the world, that the anointing was already resting upon his life to bear influence. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that John understood the fullness of the anointing. It doesn't mean that John didn't mess up along the way. That doesn't mean that John didn't fall short. But it never changed his purpose, that he came for a witness. And not only that, he came to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. John's primary purpose is that when he shared the word that others would trust and believe Christ for all matters of their life. In other words, they would put full confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Purpose. Purpose is so critical to our reason for being. Many times when we don't understand purpose, it's an opportunity for us to not maximize the ability of the access that we have. Purpose can be defined as the reason for which something was created or for which something exists. The reason for which it was created. The reason it exist. Now, when we look, and I'm sure you see my uh, um, uh, stage additions today, but when we look at this church chair, and we know that this chair was created for a purpose. Now, depending on the person who tells you about the chair, and depending on how convincing they are, they may try and sell this chair to you for a different purpose. But this chair was created for a purpose. Now, they may try and tell you, well, you know, if you buy this chair, I mean, it's gray, I mean, it's full support, I mean, it matches, you know, like those farmhouse colors. I mean, you know, it's, it's, this chair is right, right? You can use this chair to iron on if you like. Like now, wait a minute. We know this design ain't hot, so we we good. But we know that this chair was not designed to iron on, right? 
Well, I mean, I mean, you know, you know how some people they 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 can sell you anything, right? No, they think they can sell you anything. You can use this chair to 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 hold your pots and pans on. They ain't gonna tell you you can cook on it because they know that ain't possible. But they, they you you can just use that chair. If you ain't got no cabin space. Just pull you a chair, a church chair, in and just put your pots and your pans on. And you looking like now nah, nah, that chair ain't for that, right? I mean, yeah, it can hold a pots and pans, I guess, uh, maybe one more small one. But that, that's not a design for that chair. And so if I just use the chair to hold my pots and pans or to make me a little makeshift ironing board, I, I'm not using the chair for what it was designed for. But if someone comes along and says, I tell you what, you can use this chair. I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes you might want to just have a little Bible study at your house. You know, you can get several of these chairs and people can sit in. Or, or, or you can use this chair at your dinner table. You say, not the church chair. Well, not necessarily, but you can use a chair at your dinner table. Is that all right? But the, per- the primary purpose that I brought this chair forth is because this chair has potential to hold a soul that life can be changed. This chair has potential to hold someone that's dealing with pain in their bodies. They can come into God's house and experience a healing. This chair has the potential to carry a young man and his family in and cause financial uh, uh, increase in their lives as they hear the word of God. When this chair is used for its purpose, we see good, we see increase. The chair. The chair primary purpose is to sit on, to relax. To have a level of peace. You know how it is if you sit on a chair. We had a few of them at the house. And, and they're a little wobbly. It kind of shake your peace. Because you know that chair ain't that sturdy. But this chair right here, we know that this chair is sturdy. And we know that this it was created with a purpose. The simple chair can go from being helpful to being harmful. So if I decided to stack two or three of these chairs and say, you know what, I just want to reach up here and do something to this wall, but I'm standing on this chair. Now that which was good has now become harmful. Purpose. See, we have to know our purpose that God has ordained for our lives. We have to know our purpose because when we don't know our purpose, we were supposed to be good in a situation. But because we didn't know our purpose, we brought more harm than we brought good. John had to know his purpose. John had to understand that he was called to be a witness. He came into the world to be a witness. He didn't just come to be any witness, but he came to be a credible witness. Now, when God created us, he created us with purpose. In other words, he he produced us. He caused us to come together. He designed us uniquely so that we would have purpose. And God knows us better than anyone else. As a matter of fact, whether we believe it or not, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He said, now you said that with confidence. Well, my confidence is my witness in Jeremiah 1 and 5. Let's, let's, let's turn over to Jeremiah. He said, nobody know me like me. I know me. You don't understand, for like, I know me. Well, I, I mean, I know you know you, right? And I know you're an expert on you, but I, I'm going to share some light with you. There is one that knows you a little bit better than you. You know, sometimes when we think about how people get to know us and how they really don't get to know us, we start to think that God sees us like people. But God, he, he doesn't see us. He doesn't come down on that level to where humans are. Let's look at Jeremiah 1 and 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, now these are the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hekiah, the priest uh, 
of who were in Anath, in that land of Benjamin. So Jeremiah said, and then the word of the Lord came to me saying, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, these are the words of the Lord. These are not the words of Pastor Dobbs. These are not the words of the senior ministers. These are not the words of the leaders. These are the words of the Lord. And he's telling Jeremiah, he says, before I frame you up, Jeremiah, in the womb, I knew you. Isn't that something? That before God... I know we, 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 we talk about how our story was and whether our parents loved us when we were born and whether we was in a, a one-parent home or a two-parent home and whether, you know, I, I, they loved us, they held us enough and, and whether or not we cried or we didn't have. We talk about all that stuff after birth, but we don't know, glory be to God, that before we entered the womb of our mom, the Lord says, I knew you. He said, I had already framed you up. I had already dropped purpose on the inside of you. I had already come to grips with what's your purpose of what you were going to do here on this earth. And he went on to say, I knew you. I distinguish you from the rest. And, 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 you know, I, I know it's me because I, 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 I do. I have more conversations with myself. Sometimes they're not as productive as I would like for them to be. And sometimes I actually find myself responding to myself out loud, which seems to be absolutely counterproductive. And sometimes people actually walk on me responding to myself out loud because I'm having a real good conversation. But even in that, I don't know myself the way that God knows me. I don't know myself. I don't know uh, the potential that's in me the way that God knows me. He knows me to the point that he has distinguished me from everyone else. He has distinguished you. There is nobody else on this earth like you. They may look like you. They may have some resemblance of you, but you are uniquely created by our God. I don't know about you, but that's something to celebrate. That's something right there to celebrate because no longer do you have to be like this person. No longer do you have to judge your life after this person. No longer do you have to have the pressure of trying to please this person. You've just got to know that you know that you know that before you were in the womb, the Lord had fashioned you and framed you and created you. And he already had the revelation of who you are. But he goes on to say, before you were born, Jeremiah, we, we, we understand that your mom carried you for nine months, maybe a day or two over, maybe a day or two late. We understand that she went through you know, with her ankle swollen. We understand that, you know, she gained a few pounds. But before you were born, Jeremiah, he said, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet. I, I, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? That means that God said I had already set you apart. I had already consecrated you. I had already treated you as sacred. You know how it is when you bring them little babies home. You ain't let nobody touch them little babies. Now, especially this in COVID season, let nobody touch your babies. But you know how you bring the babies home and you have them all wrapped up. Now, I must say that we were probably a little bit more careful over Cherry than we were Dion because we figured he going to survive, right? But let me tell you, when we brought Cherry home, and this one was something else, right? He was like, we ain't had no COVID mask. We just had masks. He was like, you're going to need a mask on before you come in here. You're going to have to use some sanitizer. Did he know about COVID? I don't know, but he was acting like, you're going to have to use some sanitizer. You can't be touching that now. You can't be. And I'm looking back then. I'm like, look, that's all we were doing with that girl. Look at her now. Dion came through. He was like, yeah, he all right. He all right. right. Child number two. Sorry about that, child number two. But that first one, you know how we treated them children like, oh, oh, man sacred, right? 
You don't let nobody get to them. You don't want no germs getting on them. You ah, don't touch their hands because they put their hands in their mouth. Don't you touch their feet. I know you put, put your feet in your mouth, but they put their feet in their mouth. Don't you touch them. Humans, we treated them as somewhat sacred, set apart. But we can't do it like God did it. He said, I had already sanctified you. I had already set you apart. I, I know people don't understand you, and I know you spent a lot of your life trying to get people to understand you. He said, but I had already made you. I already framed you up. I sanctified you, and not only that, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I put something on the inside of you. You can't stay silent with what I put inside of you. He said, I ordained you. I I, I put something inside of you to inspire people. Glory be to God. He said, I I, I put a speaking part on the inside of you. Somebody said, I don't like to speak in front of crowds. I I, I really like to just be to myself. It's okay because we speak whether we in front of a crowd or whether we in our seat. We speak whether we at home or whether we out in public. We speak no matter what. You know how we speak? We speak with our mouths, but we speak with our body language. We speak with our actions. We speak with, uh, with how we carry ourselves. We are speaking whether we open our mouths with this pul- at this pulpit or not, we are still speaking. You know why we're speaking? Because he ordained us, whoo, glory be to God, to be a prophet to the nations. Uh, uh, we don't have to go and speak over in Africa. We don't have to go speak in Asia because you're going to speak in Villarica because guess what? Somebody is watching. Somebody is listening. Somebody is looking at what you are saying. Hey, I'm a Christian. Is that right? But you're speaking. Hey, I go to OCC. Is that right? What you're speaking. Hey, I'm a productive business person. Is that right? What you speak, right? Because our actions, see, sometimes we get caught up. We think we don't get a speaking part till we get right here and we get this microphone. But let me tell you, you still speaking. Oh, you speaking out love or not? You speaking forgiveness or not? You speaking grace or not? I believe in the grace of God. I do, honey. But let me tell you, honey, you did wrong and you should burn. Well, I thought you believed in grace. You speaking. I believe in the love of God. I believe in the power of forgiveness. But let me tell you, they did me wrong, and I, I'm done with them. Wait a minute. I said, Lord, I done, I done messed up a whole bunch of speaking engagements, ain't I? We're speaking. And so when we think in terms of how God has created us, and we think in terms of how he knows us and how he sanctified us and ordained us as prophet to the nations, we have to go deeper and, and, and realize that many times we were trying to impress people or get people to like us or get people to accept us when, in fact, we just needed to know that God had already created us. He had already placed purpose on the inside of us. And when we stop chasing people, glory be to God, and start chasing God, he will re- Reveal our purpose and reveal the people that's supposed to fulfill the purpose in our lives. What you say? Ain't nobody getting excited but me. But let me tell you now. I ain't spending no energy trying to convince people of who I am in Christ. I'm going to be the best me. I'm trying to get to the best version of me because I know that God is going to open up a door, that God is going to allow people to come into my life to not only validate what he placed on the inside of me, but bring increase in my life. Now, you got to believe that. You got to believe that you got to chase God and let the people chase you. You got to chase God and let the money chase you. You got to chase God and let the gift and calling chase you. You got to chase God. Stop spending your energy trying to impress people who change from day to day, who may like you and may not who may be going through something in their own self, glory be to God, and you're going to get the result of what they're going through. Oh, Jeremiah. I thank God for the prophet. Prophet, help me get free. Is that right? 
But let's go back over to today's text. Because I want to build you up. I want you to be able to see that you are uniquely made. I want you to begin to see that no matter what the devil has told you, no matter what people have tried to tell you, no matter what you went through in your childhood, God knew you before you got into the womb. And not only that, he has sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet. We got to get ready for our speaking engagement. Tell, t- loosen up that, that, that mask. Hold it tight now and tell somebody to get ready for your speaking engagement. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get ready for our speaking engagement. We can't be caught unprepared. We can't be caught with, with, with a purpose and we're not ready to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. Your business deal may be locked up in your speaking engagement. Your, your, what? Your promotion might be locked up in your speaking engagement. Your doorway to greatness might be locked up in your speaking engagement. But we got to hear the Holy Ghost and understand what he's saying unto us. John. Chapter 1 and verse 7. We're going to go back and read a little bit. Let's let's go back to verse 3. Excuse me, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I like that. Because it lets us know that John... Is credible when he speaks. Not only does it tells us or speaks to his credibility, but it identifies who he is. There was a man sent from God. Now we can we gotta we can just go home on that. The fact that the John was sent from God, I mean. I mean, that, that's just right there. Credibility just went way up on my list. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're trying to hear from, but I'm trying to hear people that can hear from God because I know if they can hear from God, supernatural things can happen in my life. There was a man sent from God. He was appointed from God. He was sent to go in the place. He received the order from God. He didn't just go in himself, but he, he had the orders from God, whose name was John, John meaning Jehovah is a gracious giver. Isn't that something? See, you need to know what your name means too. Yeah, you need to know what your name means because a lot of times your nature is locked up in your name. My name is Cassandra. Cassandra means helper, support. If I stop helping and support, I'd have messed up who I am, right? You said, well, what if they didn't, they didn't hear from God when they named you? I can't, I can't help you with that. And I just know what your name is now. Right? You ain't had nothing to do with that. Right? You know what your name is. John's name means Jehovah is a gracious giver. But John had credibility. And I have to say this, that we need credibility in these streets now. Can't be fooling with folks with no credibility. Especially when they talking to us about divine and spiritual things. See, no, 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 no. I need to know that you pray. I need to know that you hear from God. I need to know that you believe the word. I need to know that you, you ain't got to be perfect. I ain't looking for perfection, but I need to know that you love the Lord, that he is your Lord and Savior. Because if you're trying to tell me about spiritual things and you ain't got no credibility, oh, now, I don't know which spirit is coming from. So he says... He's a man, he was sent from God. His name was John. I was thinking about that. I said, now, you know, when I go to the doctor, to the dentist, I need to know they're credible. <laughs> I had a doctor's appointment. I had a dentist appointment Monday. I thought I was going there for something quick. I was in that, in that chair for about an hour. I said, I need to know that brother credible now. I got to plead, pleading the blood over his hand, over his mind. Over that drill, over that machine. I said, now I need some credibility up in here because he, he closed now. He said, yes, Mr. Ops, I, I thought it was something small, but I, I realized I got real close to the nerve. I said, to the nerve. Jesus. Yeah, right? You don't want nobody getting close to your nerve in your mouth and you don't know they're credible? Hey, but let me tell you that. You don't want anybody telling you about your deliverance and about your healing and you don't know they're credible. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't, you don't want anybody just speaking into your life and you don't know their credibility. I need to know that my spiritual leaders are, are credible. I need to know that my sisters and brothers in Christ are credible. I need to know that when they begin to tell me about my Savior, when they begin to tell me about healing, when they get to tell me that God is a way maker, that he's a miracle worker, I need to know that they are credible. I need you to have some credibility. Tighten up that mask one more time and say, now I need you to be credible. Yeah, I need you to be credible. It's powerful when we know our appointed place and our appointed task and the appointed time. Some of us have missed a lot of appointments, resulting in some missed opportunities because we did not recognize the time or the place. We were ready for this. And God was ready to move us to this, right? I remember getting this job, and, 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 and this person told me, I want to say it was when I first came to the district office, and all I could think was, whoo, breathe a little bit. I've been chasing cheering for a long time. And I guess she thought she was encouraging, but uh, I don't know if that came off as encouraging. They had to grow on me. She said, uh, you know, your, your gifts and talents can get you to a place, but that don't mean they can keep you there. I said, whoa, what's up, sis? I was like, okay. I was like, oh, I don't feel very good. I was like, I got you. I pondered on that thing. I pondered on that thing. Because sometimes we can get to a place, but we don't have credibility to stay there. We don't have character to stay there. I don't know what she meant by that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what she meant by that. I hope it was just she was just dropping insight me because it did not feel good at the moment. You know how it is when you get a new job and you're at a new place and you're like, whoo. And you're like, mm, what am I really supposed to be doing? Because you got all those doubts going on and somebody walk up to you and say, hey, you got here. But that don't mean you're going to stay. And I'm looking for the list. I'm like, well, where's the hit list of folks done left? Right? I ain't trying to make this list. But I didn't get offended. I listened. And I made sure that what she said wasn't going to come true in my life. So that meant I studied. That meant I prepped. That meant I sought the face of God on how to get better. That meant I didn't take the place, the position of where it is now, but I took it on to a whole nother level. Ah, uh, you don't hear me now. I don't, I don't know what she meant by it, but I know what I took it as. See, sometimes we get offended too quickly. Right? Sometimes we get our head space messed up too quickly. Yeah, I don't know what you meant, sis, but I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I wasn't supposed to stay, but I, I serve a God that, uh, that, uh, that tell me where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and, and what you don't know that I know, I'm gonna put them tithes and them offering. I'm about to rebuke this curse that's trying to send me another way. Uh, come on now. See, God want to take us places. We got to be credible. We got to know where we are. So I look at John and I say, well, you know, now John, he had a little situation. Now John, John, you know, you remember John. You, we, you know John's name, his, his name means Jehovah is a gracious giver. But John had a story. And I believe we all have a story. And many times our testimony is locked up in our story. However, the devil wants you to feel bad about where you came from, what you've been through, your mistake, your, your errors, your failure. He don't want you to understand the power that's in your story because when you release that story, the, the Bible says in Revelation that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So if I were your enemy, I wouldn't want you to feel good about your story either. But John, he he was different. His upbringing was probably different than many of his peers. Uh, John probably didn't quite fit in as well. You remember that his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth, you know, they were they were they were really elderly. We might call them senior citizens, right? When John was born, let that say again. His parents were senior citizens when they were born. Now, you know, seniors, we love y'all, but we know y'all ain't trying to be chasing no child and no three-month-old around here, right? 
So it probably was a little talk in the town, you know. Like, you know, John, he got them old parents now. They ain't letting them come out because, you know, they don't believe in that now. They like, sit down. Nah, sorry. That would be my generation. Our seniors might be like, yeah, come on, y'all. Okay, sorry about that. Let's get back to the text. Luke 1 and 7, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in, in years. Fache. They were older. But John also was a PK or an MK. I don't know if it was a pastor's kid or a minister's kid, but I know he was a priest's kid. Isn't that something? Luke 1 and 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and his name, and her name was Elizabeth. So John, is met, he, 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 came, he came into the household with older parents, right? He, he was a PK. And, and, and he was raised by parents who did not believe in playing church. Uh, you didn't go just go to church just to be there. They expect you to live by the word. A uh, fact check. Look at Luke 1 and 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments. Like Zacharias didn't miss no commandments. What? And ordinance of the Lord blameless. Fact check. So John had a story. He had much older parents. He was the only child when they waited for years to have him. No doubt they were protected over him. His daddy was a preacher, a priest, and his parents believed in going to church and living by the word. Somebody say, I think I'm, I might know John. I know y'all do. Right? But John's story made his ministry. His story made his ministry and i believe that our story make our ministry so you can't be shame of who you are and where you come from uh let me say that again you 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 it ain't no time to be shame of who you are and where you come from no 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 we got to be proud of our parents proud of our siblings proud of our church we got we got to be proud of our parents we got to be proud of of just all that God has placed into our world, we've got we to gotta be proud of that, right? And we've got to begin to be excited not only to come to church, but to live by the word. Somebody said, well, I don't know if I need all that church. But let me tell you now, John's story made his ministry. And so we've got to change that mindset that, that we only speak when we're in the pulpit. But you've got to understand that you're speaking from the pew. What is your ministry? Better yet, what is your message? Mm. Again, the enemy, he, he, he doesn't want us to be familiar with our story. And, and, and you know, as I was meditating on this, and, and, and even before that, I was thinking about the process, because I was like, Lord, you know, that process ain't no joke, right? I know you got all the cattle on, on, on the hill. Can't you just sell some, do something to change this situation? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm done with this now, right? But, but something about the process, because when we go through the process, we don't quickly forget what we've been through. You ever had somebody in a tight situation and you had the money and you gave them the money and then, you know, two or three weeks later they back in the same situation because they didn't get out the process. They just got the money and ran. They got out of the situation, but they didn't. They left the process. See, sometimes the process is not as bad as what we think. We don't forget as well when we go through that process now. Yeah, now, when you, when you, when you really done been through yeah, now you 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 don't forget as well when you you done cried when you're going through the process. You done prayed and, and and talked to God when you're going through the process. You done called folks and they told you no, and you got hot, but you calmed down when you <laughs> when you're going through the process. But John's story made his ministry. We gotta become familiar with our story. Is it that we've been a single parent and we came from a single parent home dealing with marriage problems and, and saw our parents deal with marriage problems and most marriages deal with problems. Can I just say that? Dealing with financial insecurity. We was broke, 
had lack growing up, poverty and lack. Let me tell you something about poverty and lack. It does something to us. It does something to you. Now, you can have an abundance and still have a poverty mindset. You can have increase and will consume all your increase because you're so busy trying to buy up everything that you didn't have when you didn't have the funds. Mm. Dealing with deep-rooted anger that we've seen in people, that people that we love, and now that seed has kind of gotten on the inside of us, and we're trying to trying to have relationships, but we keep ruining our relationship because we got that deep-rooted anger on the inside of it. See, you got to know your story because you know when God bring you out of those situations, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Mm. You got to know your story. And, and I believe that John understood his story. Do you know that John, and, 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 and we know that when we look at verse 1 and 7, let's, let's go to that quickly. It says, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. John was sent in this world to be a testimony. Mm, mm, mm. Let that sink in. He was sent to be a witness. Now, the only law that I know is when I try to pretend to be one and try to make sure that my case is one with whatever the case is. I don't know what it is. It just depends on what it is that day, right? I don't have no no formal uh, study of law or government, right? I just like, sometimes I just like to be persuasive in my conversation. That's how he made me. Don't judge me. I just like to be persuasive sometimes in my conversation. And i tell you what, now, I'll take a good topic, and I can go neck and neck, which if I know something about the topic, if I don't know anything about the topic, I have no interest in talking to you. And so that's not, you know, don't judge me. You know he made me from the beginning. And before I hit my mother's womb, that's what he put in me. But one thing I know about a good witness, they got to be credible, right? And a good witness can make your case, but a bad witness can blow your case. And so John was charged. He was commissioned to be a witness. And this is the case that was pending, is that all through him might believe. Now, I know that there are different cases that people, you know, they have attorneys and they fight for their, for their rights. And, you know, there's uh, 1-800-845 if you need a miracle, uh, call this number. You don't have to pay us till you get your case. You know, y'all know, the, y'all know. But, but, but this case is a little bit, uh, uh, this case is a little bit heavier than that, right? I know, I know, I know. You said, I need 145, let me get my miracle right now. Nah, this case has to do with eternal life. This case has to do with divine healing, divine restoration. So John had to be a good witness. Come on now. John had to be, he had to know his story. And not only did he need to know his story, he needed to be able to articulate it in the right way to meet the need of the person that he was ministering to. Oh, hear me what I say. If I need healing and you over here telling me how to get my blessings of money, I might need the money, but the money ain't going to heal my body, right? So when you bring your witness to me, I need you to have a testimony about how God has healed your body, how God has delivered you. I need you to have a testimony that will cause me to believe that God is a divine healer, that he works miracles on my behalf. But if you over here talking about God is great and God is good, they ain't going to help me get the healing that I need on the inside of my body. Oh, you got to be a good witness now. People need us. People need us. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to be concerned about the darkness. You just got to be concerned about the light. Darkness going to be. But the question is, is the light going to shine? John was a witness. 
And not only was he a witness, but he was sent to bear witness. Oh, come on. Now, you can't just be the witness in, 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 in body, but you got to be able to give good evidence. How do you know that God has, has caused financial increase in your life? Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus, oh, my, my, my. When I think about the little country girl, who, who was at home in the cold, and many times we went to the laundromat. I didn't know what it meant to have a, a wash and dry in my house because we had a weekend at the laundromat. Ain't nobody know nothing about going to the laundromat now. But when I think about the fact that I can run around my corner out of my bedroom and wash my clothes and dry my clothes, what you talking about the goodness of Jesus? Oh, this time of the year, you had to be concerned. You had to be concerned that the pipes wouldn't burst. You had to be concerned that that well had enough water to bring you through, you know, through the winter. I mean, you might mess around with a pipe burst. You're going to be hauling water. When I think about the goodness of Jesus, and I see how I can just go and turn my water on, and I don't have to think about not having water. I don't have to think about the water not being warm. I don't have to think about putting it on the stove. You can't tell me that God won't bring you out. You better tell that to somebody else now. Oh, when I think about how messed up I was in my mind and I didn't treat my body the way I did and how God restored my body and he restored my health. See, you got to be messed up. You got to do some things that's contrary to what the words say. You got to be insecure a little bit about did you get this or did you get that? Did you do this or did you do that? And then when you realize that God has restored your body and restored your mind, let me prep y'all to witness See, sometimes we, we get comfortable. We forget. But your story is your message. And let me tell you, people need your story. People need your story. I think about the days when we were in Brookwood, and we had barely enough money to buy food for the week, and how we used to look like y'all don't know about Gregerson's. I know there's a trailer place now or something, some kind of tractor place over there on 27. Man, we used to look for the warehouse. Now that I think about how I'm like, ooh, that was kind of scary going up in there looking for some chicken quarters. But boy, we was excited about them 25 cent chicken quarters, 25 cent a pound. And we'd come home and we'd cook it up. And then pastor be out witnessing and folks eating up a chicken. I'd be wondering whether we're going to have enough chicken for the rest of the week. But I think about now, I can go to my refrigerator, my freezer, and I see salmon, I see shrimp, I see a little bit of chicken, only if I want it. What? You go from chicken quarter for 25 cents a quarter, and you got shrimp galore? Dion is like, all y'all have in this, in, this, in this freezer is shrimp. What is going on? I said, look, look, because God done changed this diet up some. He's working on some things. Now, you better leave my salmon alone now. I can always even look at salmon, much less try to purchase it. You don't tell me about how good my God is. Be a witness. Because I understand that others need to believe. Others need to trust him. If, 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 I'm, if I'm embarrassed about talking about Jesus, if, if I feel uncomfortable about sharing my story, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm causing others to miss out on what God is doing in my life. Oh, man, John, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you because you understood that the power of my witness causes me to win in situations. Turn with me real quick to Revelation 12 and 11. We got to move fast. Oh, the mercy ain't spoken forever. I got 40 seconds left. Jesus. Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So you got to get that testimony right. Now, we're going to get these testimonies right. Because the, the balance of that is people need to be saved. People need peace. People walking around wondering, why you always smiling? Why you got that smile on your face? Why is she so put together? Honey, every time I see her, she put together. She must have ever go through now. Yes, she going through, bro. Let me assure you. But 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 there's something different about her. Uh, 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 what causes him to be so positive all the time? Y'all going to have to just work with me. Can I have five more minutes, Pastor? I don't need but five. I know y'all ready for rooster. Give me five. 
Give me five. Hey, number one, fix me up with five. There you go. Five, five, five. Don't start yet, though. Go ahead. <laughs> when I think of the goodness of Jesus. You know, with the Holy Ghost, when he's doing things in our lives, we can't forget. I don't, I don't want this message to just be, oh, First Lady is speaking. I want this thing to hit on the inside. Because people need, thank you so much, people need our witness. People need our story. People need to know that God is still saving today. If you only knew how many people were poisoning folks' minds saying that they the Savior, that they Jesus, that they done did more for you than Jesus ever done, the devil is a liar. And the saints can't be quiet. We got to begin to speak up. That don't mean you got to have a Jesus shirt on. That don't mean that you got to, you know, get on top of the, the, the tabletop and dance and scream and shout. No, that's not what that means. But that means that when you have the opportunity, you got your story straight. Mm -mm -mm. When you have that opportunity, you can testify. When you have that opportunity to minister to your girlfriend, to minister to the old boy, to tell them about the goodness of Jesus, you're not afraid. You're not ashamed because you know that in the end, you win by testifying. Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word, notice, of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. That meant that sometimes everybody ain't going to want to hear your story. You can't be scared. That means sometimes people are going to reject you, but you got to keep going. That means that you may not always get invited back, but make the most of every opportunity you love there. You ever been to a place, you're like, I know I ain't coming back. <laughs> so let me make good use of this opportunity. I know you didn't really want me here anyway, but. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. You know, you ever been in them situations, you know you, know you ain't going to get called back. You ain't even got to worry about it. But did you make a good opportunity of what you had, the message, when you were there? I ain't tell y'all to get put out. I'm just telling you, be real. Everybody ain't going to write you back. Bro, why it ain't starting? Somebody said, Lord, roosters. Call Jesus, don't call roosters. In 1 John 1 and 8, John keeps his head straight. Because sometimes, you know, when God doesn't clean you up, you know, your head, get, you, get, you, get, you get off, right? You, you start getting judgmental. Mm. You start wanting to condemn. You start having a disobey of that of them. But John kept his head straight. Because John said in John 1 and 8, he said, John, uh, he said he was not the light. John said, I am not the illuminator. I am not the heavenly light. He says, but was sent to bear witness of that life. See, we got to understand, we ain't Jesus. Come on now. We got to understand that we have a story and that God has brought us through that story, but we're not the light. We're not the illuminator. All we are is here to carry the message. Come on over to church with me. Let me get this message on today and share it with a few folks. Give me them sermon notes. Usher, do you have an extra copy? Because I got a friend that needs to know about the light. I need to be a good witness. I need to get my story together. I need to tell about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. You don't know my story. Oh, glory to God. You don't know what I've been through. You can't even imagine the thing that God has brought me through. Oh, my goodness. I think about the time dealing with a loved one being sick. And, and I think about the time I thought I didn't think I could hurt as much as I hurt to see my sister transitioning her body, cancer just raking through her body. And I was like, God. And I remember coming in on Sunday mornings and, and hearing the worship and hearing the word and getting strength and getting power. But at that window of time in my life, I didn't know if I could keep going forward. And you said, but you was first lady. You're right. But I'm human. And I was dealing with something. But the word of the Lord would come to me. People would be praying for me. People would be encouraging me. How is your sister doing? How is your family doing? How, how, how are things going? Can I do something for you? You know understand how that ministered to me. You don't understand how it gave me life to know that even though I was going through, glory be to God, I knew that God was a savior. I knew that he loved me. 
I knew that a big part of life is death. But it didn't stop the pain. It didn't stop the hurt. So you got to be a witness. Going through with your children. Not really understanding them. They not really understanding you. You 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 got you got to know. I know we are a close knit family. We act like we don't go through stuff, but we go through stuff. We go through stuff. We may not talk about it. We come in and we smile and we shout and we keep moving. But some things keep you up at night. Something will rest on your heart. Something will call you to seek God when you when you when you when you act like you might not really be bothered with that seeking God stuff. But you know when stuff get jacked up. You know when stuff is off kilter. You know when stuff is off. Mm, John, we got to be a witness of the light. I encourage you today, find about 10 or 15 people. You know you could be a good witness to them. Share today's message. So I don't know what to say. I don't feel right. They don't want to hear. Mm. Oh, how you going to stand in the way of God? blessing? How you, oh, you going to stand in the way of what God wants to do in somebody's life? How? did you get to be the authority of saying what somebody wanted to hear? They didn't want to hear you last week, but that don't mean they don't want to hear you today. Come on now. Sometimes we got to take that co-worker out, and we got to pay for it. You said, prefer later, I ain't got nothing. Go to the dollar menu. Burger for you, burger for them. A chicken, whichever one you want. You might just want some fries. Two dollars and be a witness. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be a witness. We gotta, we gotta mobilize this gospel. Your story is important. Your story is valuable. You gotta own your story. You said, nah, I don't want to talk about it. It's too painful. Let me tell you something. There are some of us that if the enemy could have got us in our mother's womb, he would have destroyed us. You don't know what your parents was dealing with. You don't know what they were going through. You don't know the lack. You don't know the lack of health care they had. You don't know the depression. You don't know the suicidal thoughts they may have had. You don't know what was happening in your own life. That if the enemy could have snatched you up, he would have snatched you in. You better get to know your story. Don't be ashamed. Don't try to ignore the pain. But know that God is a deliverer. Know that he is a healer. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.